0: Welcome to the Radiant Design Living Show. This is a show about beauty, faith, and abundance, and a new paradigm to experience magic in everyday living. Good morning. I'm Deborah Brown. Good morning. Good morning. This is Donna Bell. And there we are. Here we are together again. Isn't it wonderful? The magic of of the internet and the the absolute beauty that we can create over the airwaves. How how are you today, my friend?
1: I am really good. I'm really great. Oh, me
0: me too. All right. So let's share some of this goodness with our audience. And where do you want to go today? What do you want to tell us about today? Because the world of beauty in space, um, the way you describe it, is so wonderful. And I've never heard it put quite the way you do, and you've just got a wonderful way about you. So please Tell us what we're going to hear today, and and let's dive right in.
1: Well, I'm bringing up a subject that I coach quite a few people on this side in regards to – that's why I titled the uh, show Baby Boomers Burdens, okay? Because – and not that it's a burden, it's really an opportunity, and that's what you're going to learn as we go along – when, when an individual or a husband and wife start to have to deal with, actually, to deal with the, uh, a loved one, a senior citizen, someone who has to come and live with them, uh, someone who may have died, and then you're left with the privilege, and I really mean privilege because it's quite a teaching, in regards to the things that are left after the individual is gone. And that can seem like monuments of things and overwhelm and something you may not want to necessarily face into. Well, I understand
0: that. I understand that. Um, Most recently, um, I've had the opportunity to take some of my mother's things and some of my husband Pete's uh, mother's things and put them into a new home that is half the size of the home we had before. So I mean, oh, that half. must have
1: been interesting, huh?
0: Oh my glory! I'll tell you, it was, and still is, because we're still in the process of it. Quite an undertaking to uh, sort, um, give away, throw away all of that stuff, and then also properly place some things. And um, maybe for next time, I will take one picture in my dining room that I think will. Um, probably tickle your fancy right now, but we have my mother's china closet with her china and beautiful ruby-colored crystal glasses that go with it. And then above it are two mantel clocks. One is green onyx, and the other one is a beautiful walnut. Neither one of them are set to the right time, but it doesn't matter to me. I love them, and they're sitting there, and they are like his mother and my mother together on that space. It was just kind of cool, and I, I noticed that we had done that, and I really like it. I, I really, really like it, and I I get to think of both of those dear departed women and, and our fathers as well um, whenever I look at the child closet. It's kind of nice.
1: It brings up a lot of stories, doesn't it? It does. And and the thing is, is it can be a challenge as you start to sort through the things that are sentimental and the things that have such memory and such stories connected. But it's um, what you're doing, whether you may not realize it or not, when you inherit all these things and you put them into your environment, you're combining your family with other families. In the same way that when people uh, have been divorced and they have, let's say, eight children, and they marry mm-hmm. someone with eight children, they have to combine that household, don't they? Oh, yeah. So what happens is, is when you start to take everything into your house that belonged to someone who has, uh, you know, passed on just recently, you're now combining households. And what that means is there's a whole different um experience of the environment whether you realize it or not and there's a crowding that occurs in an immediate way and and most people have felt this emotional crowding or overwhelm and haven't known what they were going to do and 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 the thing that's so important is oftentimes an individual is so caught up with not wanting to violate the person who died well
0: Exactly. And I can tell you that there's a uh, perfect example here um, in this very room. My dining room and my office are the same room, but it's beautifully done, so it may sound like, oh, wow, how how did you do that and not have it be ugly, but it's really lovely. Um, But there's a lamp that has been in my family probably 65 years, maybe 60 years, and it is an oversized lamp that has been around the world because my parents were world travelers. I'm a world traveler, you know, because I was with them at the time, of course. And this lamp needs a new shade, which I I know I can get a brand new shade, but it is a very large lamp. And the thought of getting rid of it because it really overpowers this space makes me so unnerved because I feel like Mm -hmm. I would be violating the honor of my parents and the travel and all the associations I have with that lamp and I think, well you know am i am I holding on to the lamp, or am I holding on to the memories, or am I just kind of making a a, a little mini mess over here of things? So what do you think about that no
1: that that's um a very real kind of ex, you know thinking and experience and how you're connecting with it, because um, we have so much attachment to physical objects and and I mean truly in a Um, you know, you can receive the most glorious gift and you're so happy with that gift and you have that gift in the moment and that gift can expand your life so beautifully like what you're talking about with the uh, three pieces coming together in the dining room. Uh Okay? But then what there is that's so vital in physical reality, it, it starts to shift the way in which you're connected and attached to story. Okay? The question is, does the object, the lamp, no matter what the story is connected to it, does it fit anywhere? Does Uh, it have to move other things to make it fit that end up crowding other things
0: well, it, yeah, exactly. And and if you'd like for me to answer that, yeah, um, it does. It crowds. It crowds. And I hate to I hate to admit this, but there are two more gorgeous lamps that still need a what I call a home <laughs> in mm-hmm. in my home. And I can't put them in the same room because that would be two different crystal lamps, and then this this other very ornate, interesting oversized lamp I, my point is i know i'm making a, a long story out of these lamps but i've got three lamps that don't have a home in this right you know in this environment it's like i've, I've run out of rooms i've run well, out let of me sur- just share surfaces this.
1: <laughs> that's well and the thing is when you are in your mind the mind always figures out a way to try to make things fit okay mm-hmm. that's actually a controlling of space When you're in the experience of space itself, something that calls to you, something that lights you up so profoundly, then all of a sudden as you connect with it, you'll be inspired as to where it's meant to go. Now this is really um, very deep principles. This is not, I'm not sharing with you just organizing, okay? There is a place that the lamp is meant to go. Should the lamp by physical reality it's obvious that the lamp does not belong anywhere in your house then it gives you a chance to see where your attachments are where your stories are where your fears are where you've been connected to not wanting to offend the person who has died okay mhm and to recognize that out of not wanting to offend them, sometimes you will actually compromise your own joy, your own feelings about things, because you're so trying to please others, even after they die. Right. Well, the other this, interesting...
0: Go ahead. I was going, no, I was just going to say the other interesting thing about this particular oversized lamp is that my daughter is a... Uh, a trained interior designer. That's what her degree is in. That's what she worked in before she started having her family. And she walked into this room and she said, "Oh, that that lamp's got to go. That is just that's just too big." And uh-huh. she has no she has no attachment to the lamp. She has no you know no sense of why that would be something that would be foreign to my ear. <laughs> and it's right. just you know like a, a person who walks in and goes, "Oh no, that lamp can't be here." Right,
1: it's just what's so about the physical space. Right. But what's important that you can learn is what? What could you learn from how she saw it versus how you see it?
0: Um, I suppose I would say that I'm still working on controlling space and not letting the beauty
1: reveal itself and where it's supposed to be. That's very good. And so many of you um, who are listening right now, what happens is, is you'll try to find a place for all these objects to fit, okay? okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, so there's, you've lost someone in your family and you want to pay honor to them, but what you don't realize is these aren't just objects. These are objects that are um, connected emotions to the objects. That there's an imprint with uh, how a person felt about it. With uh, so you, the important thing is not to get caught in the imprint and actually be able to make the choice from what's right for you as to what stays or goes. If you make it from the attachment that the person had with the physical object, so there's all these emotions and beliefs that underneath that one object. Okay? You don't realize, and I've seen this, I've worked this years and years and years, whether I've been with billionaires, millionaires, uh, middle income, low income, it didn't matter, these attachments, these they're not just of the mind. There is this experience of the connection to the objects themselves that are emotional beliefs that you can get impacted by, that you can then train with. Okay? Mhm. The place to look is whether your physical environment is allowing it. The place to look is that should it be that you want to keep, you know, the object, then that now that object is letting you know you need to let go of ten other objects to have it. And okay, so, so it's for y- yeah, it's for you to this you know recognize whether that's really what is meant to be in your environment or not, because it's fine if an object stays. It's just that if it crowds, you're not telling the truth. Aha.
0: All right, so let me tell you what just came up for me just as you were going through that, which all sounded very um, uh, wonderful. However, (laughs) my first thing was I am an empath, and I feel like all of that Mm -hmm. imprinted emotion... um, Lives very loud for me. I mean, it's it's very very loud. Okay, so that's yes. one thing. And the second thing is, um, I realize that my tendency, if I can't find a spot for it, is to put it in storage.
1: Very good. Very good <laughs> that you're willing to share that because when you put things in storage, you're just you're storing all that pent up emotion all the ways in which you, not you, but individuals, okay, mm-hmm. you as an individual who are listening, this is a way that, that you end up controlling space. When you control space and keep objects that do not belong, then you, you may think that having it in storage isn't going to have any effect because it's not in your physical space. But let me tell you, it is in your physical space. It's just that your physical space has a storage unit. Everything that's in that physical space and you live in a house, let's, this is the scenario, you live in a house and you have everything wonderful placed in your house and you're hanging on to the stuff in the storage that you're someday going to move to a larger house. There's a behavior occurring out of that. Not only the behavior of the hanging on to all the stuff, all the things, and believe me, there are sacred things. There are things that could mean so much to you, and if you even listened to them and discovered that you really are meant to have them in your home, putting one object in your home would completely reorganize and redesign your whole living room, okay? Mm-hmm. The power of these objects is that they either have a, a place, a placement for the object, or they collapse the space itself. It's time to tell the truth if it's not just a limited amount of time that you're very clear that you had to put it in storage before the raffle occurs or the family comes, and you put everything in storage, and you know that in four months' time it's gone. But if you hang on to it, even if you knew in a year that all the people were coming and they were going to be there, that could be doable, okay, because you would know there was an ending time. When it comes from a justification and you don't want to deal with it now and you look at the truth and you can't put it into any kind of timeline, then what it does, it actually becomes transparent after a while and it adds to your bill. So, oh, well, I just pay $45 a month on my storage unit. No big deal. But you don't know that that which you hang on to is directly affecting the increase of your finances. It's directly uh, um, affecting the relationship you have with your family. These attitudes and behaviors are just locked behind, you know, the uh, storage doors. And, And it's fine, like I say, when you know that there's a direction with it. And even if you wanted to hang on to it for a year to the point of when you could really decide what you were going to do, that's great. You can do that. But just know that you want to be at a high level of telling the truth, because otherwise these uh, behaviors that you have of having to hang on to everything, you know, you want to notice if you do that in other areas. When you do that in other areas, then you're not living in a universal flow. You're not living in the way that God can truly bless you. Because to be able to live in relationship to order, harmony, and space, and really have a connection with it, I'm not talking about a doingness. A doingness did not allow you to receive the fullness of acknowledgement, I promise you. But when you're coming from the clarity of what it is these principles are, you'll begin to have a different experience of your life. You'll begin to be shaped in new ways. Just like when you started cleaning out, Deborah, in the beginning, you had no idea that you were going to move so rapidly. Right. And and that you would end up selling and moving practically at the same time. Right. Well, that's those are principles that are in action. And... Um, You were willing, you in the dignity of yourself were willing to keep going. After I was coaching with you and everything, you were just recognizing, you were letting go, you were clearing, and you were really clearing from the truth of what was behind why you were clearing. It is not enough to have people, it's all diverse for a second here, it's not enough to have people come in and be organizing consultants and just, you know, support you getting organized and that's it. Because what you're organizing, yes, it looks great for a while, unless you get into what those generational patterns are, those depression era mentality systems that originally set you up in the first place. Unless you truly can access and experience that, there are emotions that are buried that set up those structures in your life and those structures do not just, occur in your living room or in your dining room. Those are embedded structures that are affecting the way your life is showing up. They can be embedded structures that are affecting the way you're in fear, in fear of how the world is going, in fear of how um, people are treating you. Literally just the environment itself can keep accumulating that level of fear in your own psyche.
0: Well, you know, when you were talking a second ago about um, paying for a storage locker and how that adds to your bill, um, I I think that adds to your bill is another way of saying um, chalks up tick marks of some kind about your feelings of self-worth. worth. hmm um, all of the belief systems, all of the um, emotional baggage that you carried forward you know, from your parents. I mean, I, I've carried a lot of my mother's baggage and made it my own. And even when I know that I've done it and I can say, oh, that's, that's my mother's stuff, it's not mine, and I don't mean the physical stuff, I mean emotional things, I, I become aware of it and I can sort of say, okay, I don't, really need to, I don't really need to carry that anymore. But I do know that there's still some of it that I do. Um, my mother had a really hard life, and I, I was her sounding board for many, many, many years, even as a as a young teenager. So, you know, it's interesting how this is carried over from at some t- at some point. I was actually my mother's mother, <laughs> in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. And then, you know, when she passed away five and a half years ago, I went to Arkansas and I got almost all of her stuff. I mean, I brought all of it, all of it with me, except the living room. Um, All of her, I mean, everything. I have everything. And it just became so clear to me that I can't, I can't, it's not going to work anymore. I cannot have it all, you know, because then there's no room for my stuff.
1: No room for you.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. So this has been a... Um, this has been a tough time for for me because it's it's not fun. I don't like it. Um, I don't like having to what I call give up stuff. And yet, when I think about it the way you're talking about from a radiant design living kind of um, angle, um, it's not giving up anything. It's just maybe giving something expanding. expanding. It's also giving that that those beautiful things that I don't really need or want anymore. Really, uh, giving uh-huh. those to someone else to enjoy. Because
1: exactly.
0: there's that part So anyway, it's just an interesting You know, there are people who don't keep or save anything Which just, to me, is just like I, I can't even imagine
1: being that way Right
0: um, Well,
1: that's a form of control, Deborah. They hmm. don't save they, they live in a sparse reality They, they don't want to have anything intrude on what they're up to That's a controlled reality, too Because when you can live in the flow of what the harmony of nature, this beautiful intelligent world of what it's truly bringing to you, relationship with God, relationship with things, as you can let that in, you're letting in an entire different world of abundance. It's not one that's given by how you make it happen. It's a receiving world. So you being willing to let go is allowing you to be in a a greater receiving world. Does that make sense? It does. Something else, when um, oftentimes before people die, they'll make decisions, you know, um, about what they want to have and what they're going to share. And that that can be really wonderful and you feel great with them. And, And yet you can change your mind later if for some reason you were caught into how they were feeling versus how you really felt about it. And when you do that, you know, the person on the other side is truly, there's a knowing. There's a knowing of you making the choices that you would make um, for yourself. There's a joy in that, that you can be expressing yourself. The opportunity that there is in when you end up being crowded and, and taking in the responsibility of another person, and, and I know that it's an experience of love, there's no question, and frustration, but it's the opportunity to see that when things start to come in that fill your space, it's the opportunity for you to is let go. Let go of things that you've been hanging on to that you no longer need that create more space for what they've brought in that actually ultimately will allow you to release the things they have later even easier. Because you've gone through the process of letting letting it shift you, letting this receiving of all these things help you to recognize, oh my gosh, you know, I don't need this much, and I definitely can let go of that, and I definitely can let go of this grouping, and and when you do that, there is space, even if you've let in the other individual who's come to live with you or something like that. The It isn't that you have to, you could still, if a person's living with you, rather than fill your house with everything they have, if they're bedridden or they're not around a whole lot. Then you still could be respectful and have some things in the storage area with them being able to have choice items that nurture and you know make them feel wonderful while they're around. Mhm um, Another part of this is has to do with when you have issues in family in life, one of the areas that will crop up very fast about the issues is when the inheritance decisions happen. Right. And these are the unresolved conflicts among parents, adult children, and siblings, okay? And they're often at the heart of what goes wrong with inheritance decisions. So in other words, it's not about the things they're dealing with, it's about the issues that haven't been dealt with, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. So one thing that can be helpful is to listen for the feelings and emotions, watch where the blaming is and and you know see what's there as conflicts arrive and um, and just you know, just keep listening, because it may be that a person's just really needing to be heard in a whole different way, not really about the fight that's occurring with the objects. And that when you have individuals that have really been and all of us have I mean, I'm a trainer in this, and to let you know, very soon there will be I'll be leading webinars uh, back for the public again, and we'll notify you of when I start doing that, because the webinars that I do allow you to get to the core issues and the whole reality of what it is to live in a radiant design world and, and how you can receive and be organized by an entire new reality. That is very beautiful. So now in the the fact that you have perceptions going on when you're in the middle of this, okay, the reason why I mentioned my webinar is because we really cover depression era mentality. Depression era mentality is really there with the wealthy of this nation and the low-income of this nation. It is something that we inherited. It's really in the DNA. And, and it came from all these emotions, these behaviors, the ways that people had to operate during a very, very great depression. And we don't realize. As individuals, we end up wanting to keep things because there's some going to use them. Uh, it's perfectly good. Well, I can make use of it. That can go back to this depression era mentality. It's, it doesn't have to do with you being able to make a choice in the current moment of exactly what calls to you, of exactly what's touching you. And as it touches you, there's things that can be revealed about that, believe me. So the individuals, um, when you're dealing with people and uh people who have left objects to the siblings, being fair doesn't always mean being equal. Dividing personal property equally sometimes is really impossible, so just realize that. You just want to listen and listen. I mean, somebody may absolutely want the lamp that you have, Deborah, and you may have an attachment to the lamp, but it's really the desire. It's really what they truly desire out of the experience that they had of always being around that lamp. And in that case that's an emotional decision, not not about the fact that it's worth so much and it needs to be divided up with everybody else. And it may be that the the group might realize that this was something that was really, really important to the individual and is willing to let them have it. Okay? Mhm. When it comes to, like I said, when they're gathered together and we we start to uncover these unwritten rules and assumptions around the family members and how things were going to go, it's just real good for you in the beginning, if you're one of the people that has to handle this, is go through and minimize as much as you can before everybody comes together. That creates a space a space of clearing so that other people can be able to see possibly from a, they can see from a different place of the remaining items. So when you've let go and clearly, you know, minimized as much as you possibly can, the clothes, the physical objects, the things that do not have the worth that the family is going to be in, whatever it is, and do not get caught up with hanging on to it, you can even if you saw something and it brought up so emotion, you can take a picture of it. You don't have to keep it. Have you ever thought about that, Deborah? I have. I have. Did you mm-hmm. ever do that?
0: No. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: but I have to that. Did you ever think it might before. have been good to do? <laughs>
0: i had people tell me that before. And um, it's funny, I had a, uh, and I use the word past tense, had, um, until about a month ago, I still had a lilac, and I might have mentioned it on our last show. Uh, I uh-huh. had a lilac, I had a lilac jacket that I wore in high school, like around the time I graduated from high school. A matter of fact, there's probably a picture of me somewhere in the, in the world, <laughs> not, I don't have it, yes. uh anyway, I finally gave that away. And I thought I should probably take a picture of it, and I didn't. But I had it all these years. We're talking 40 years. and um, Wow. Yeah, I just got rid of it. So, yeah. <laughs> so, no, I did think about taking a picture of it, just almost for the funny part of it. But one of the things I will tell you about um, my daughter, um, she's not a, uh, a sentimental hold-on-to-everything Kind of person. I mean, she's got some things that she would not part with, of course. Um, but she was trying to help um, with some of this, this moving, this moving the chaos. Let's put it that way. And she would say, I, "In all the time I've known you, because I've known her since she was 12, uh, in all the times I've known you, I've never seen you make a, a dish out of this set of cookbooks. Why do you want these cookbooks?" And I just said. Oh, that's a good one. Yes. Yeah, they're my cookbooks. And then she said, "Well, then the next time we eat here, I want you to. um, I don't want prime rib for Christmas. I want you to make something out of those cookbooks." And then there was something else, and that became a theme that day, and and it was like I was starting to get pretty annoyed with that because I don't think that's a reasonable thing for her to say to me. But I didn't say anything back. I just, you know, know, okay, whatever. Um, But it's interesting how other people will make the decisions for me, about what I should do with stuff. It's just interesting. Mm -hmm. And I
1: I don't think people, and I believe people are not No, that's very important to mention right there, because any time that you're working with people, if coaches are listening to me or anything, um, any time that you're working with people, it's not for you to make the decisions for them at all. It's to create an environment for them to recognize what their decision is. Right. So and so it, it, and
0: it, yeah and this this was not a judgment or you know I was not frustrated with her as a person I was right. frustrated with the process and I realized that she and people of that same mindset are not in service to me because that does not right. work for me it it does not move us forward it just made me dug in instead of maybe another approach so there's a there's So what you're speaking
1: about if I can add is that That the way that was presented is from judgment. Yeah. And any time that you're working, and please listen, any time you're working with anybody and you're doing cleaning out and everything, be sure, and be very aware and clear yourself any any kind of judgment. And even if you go away later, do not have judgment, because that judgment does stay with you, and it also is a judgment that connects with that individual. That is an intimate timing of their life. It's a very vulnerable, raw place. Right. When, and I truly mean it. Even when we keep talking about individuals who are hoarders, it isn't that hoarding is a condition, okay? It's not meant to be a judgment. People add all their judgment to it. But I'd I'd like to call it herding, okay? Instead of hoarding, let's call it herding, where they herded all their stuff into all these corners and filled the corners, you know, with all the stuff. But the thing is, and they haven't heard you, and they haven't heard their neighborhood, okay? But the thing is, is there is a raw woundedness that is underneath that. And... And when an individual has a chance to get in touch with the values of themselves again and the, and the value of, you know, what some of the things are connected with them, it allows for a different kind of selection to begin to occur. And, uh, but when there's judgment in any way, they don't have the space to be able to hear for themselves. So I really appreciate what you're sharing, Deborah, because that's an important thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, she and I have a very, very, very loving and respectful relationship, and, and she worked her butt off that day, you know, boxing things. And, but it uh-huh. was just that, you know, why do you need four of these? Well, I'll just take two of them. And I'd say, well, I, I'm not ready for you to take two of them. You, you can have one of them. We, I had four can openers. Mm-hmm. Um, now clearly, I need one can opener, but right. <laughs> four. And I just didn't want somebody to take "quote unquote" two of my and capital M capital Y right That's it. can openers. You know, so I, I just want people listening to understand if they are helping someone that um, there is exactly what you said. There's a um, some emotion that comes up for the person being helped. Right, and the thing very, is, it's very strong. It's very strong, and and right. it can backfire, and and that person can basically throw you out of the house because they just or they can
1: grab all their they can grab all their stuff and more
0: later. Well, not only that, uh, and I have done this before. I've had people help me clean out a closet. And then after they left, because they did not take the stuff with them.
1: Yeah, I've, I've gone I mean. back
0: in. Yeah, I've gone back in and what I call clawed it back. You know, well, I, that, that green and right. white dress is really cute still, and blah blah blah. Um, so I undid part of what we accomplished over the course of six hours by, you know, ripping open right. bags that I could see into. I mean, there was a whole lot of things that happened <laughs> that were um, back doors. Well, and the thing
1: the- is, it's 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 important to notice even now. You know, you can look at it later. Because there was, um, there just, because of the way that you were around your mother, it's oftentimes or an individual will end up having that same behavior and be defensive of that behavior rather than recognizing that that behavior really doesn't belong to you. And this is what I mean by the ones who have people come to live with you who end up, and if they don't live with you and they've passed on, then you end up taking in all that stuff. You can end up adapting their behaviors Mm -hmm. without even realizing it and then defending their behaviors. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, yeah. And that's, um, so there are methods of family distribution, okay? And um, what I was going to suggest is, uh, Debra, could we add to the site a very specific form, checklist, that I have that people will go in and be able to get? You, all you do is you just put your email in and you'll be able to receive this checklist. It's a very special checklist. The email uh, is just so that you know, you'll be able to know more of the things that are going on to support people in Radiant Design Living in simple manner. And um, the uh, checklist itself will indicate to you methods of family distribution, the way that you can deal with members even by, you know, you could draw straws. And um, that could be a deciding point as to who got an object, okay? There's a way of um, organizing and separating pieces that will be in this form that allows you to be able to recognize you know how to put them in categories okay
0: mhm
1: and so it will just be and i uh, you can just go ahead and add it to our site where we have that the beautiful ebook sure. of moving from mayhem to magic yeah, so if people, right, so exactly. So
0: if people will just go to gloryofhome.com. Um there will be a place for you to um sign up to get that checklist. gloryofhome.com.
1: And do you, could we get that by um let's say they could get it by the weekend? Sure. Okay. Cuz I know it's just kind of a surprise for you too, but I I realized that this checklist was going to be real valuable to people and um, and the thing is is that as you can take notes in what we've been saying, it can make such a difference in how you gather the people together and everything when you have this checklist. Another thing too is that with the actual uh, things will get can get very piled up when people start bringing things in. And be careful of... This is going to sound funny. This is my joke, okay? Be careful of the empty boxes that get moved downstairs. Because there are so many times with with loved ones that they could have a, a box of, um, you know, saved uh, plastic bags. They could have a box of saved rags okay mm-hmm. which you know you could even if they were marked rags you would know immediately that you weren't needing those rags and even if you thought oh i could use those rags you know those are perfect for working for him working on his car you might just take a look see if they're the right kind of rags it's so easy to start you know collecting just by you know Getting enthusiastic about things that are coming in, okay and it's it's wise to just be aware while you bring things in or even the things you get excited about. you want to make sure that they're really um, really exactly what are meant to be in your space because I mean, to give you an idea, there can be you know the the drawer full of old receipts, candies, nuts. You know, vitamins, thumbtacks. And, and uh, people just go ahead when they're clearing out the house of the person and put them into boxes. And when you see things that are that obvious, and, and that's called a junk drawer, then what there is is to just the thing that stands out the most, pull it out and let the other stuff go the more that you can be coming from a release in that aspect, it's going to uh, support you when it comes to big decisions. Okay? Uh Uh-huh. Does that make sense? It does. So I will make sure that we have this. Um, We'll probably have it up by Friday. Okay? I just dropped it on Deborah to do. and uh, um, But the thing about... The people moving in or the things moving in after a person dies, it is a gift. And why do you think it could be a gift, Deborah? What would be another purpose for it being a gift? Oh, I don't know. Enhancing the beauty of the space. Enhancing the beauty. And it also forces you to have to look at what you have, doesn't it? No, I don't want to do that. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> it pushes. It pushes a person. I don't want to be pushed. But right. <laughs> so when you bring that stuff in, it pushes you. It pushes no, I don't you. Want to be right. And well, it I'll tell it, you. It,
0: yes. I was going to say when when my brothers and I cleared my mother's house, um you want to talk about um an event because they are the opposite of me, so I have two younger brothers, um, pretty much my favorite people on the planet, and we did not fight or argue, but the first thing they did was get a dumpster, and I don't mean a small dumpster, I mean the size of the entire driveway, and,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and my, my heart was in my throat because I was thinking, wow, that is not how I would do this. And right they wanted it done in like a three days to a week. Not even a week. No, they wanted it to be done in three days and I was looking at it as a two month process. So you can see already that we are at you know, opposite ends of a spectrum because dumpster, oh my gosh. Two right. to three days three days, oh you're kidding me. Um, but we were able to do it because of surrender on my part, and kindness and affection on theirs, and my affection and kindness to them as well. But my point is, when you talk yes. about your check your checklist, um, my recommendation, and I haven't seen your checklist, is to remember that you love each other first, and
1: mm-hmm. that you're honoring
0: that you're honoring, um, you know, what's left of
1: your parents' home. I mean, it was hard.
0: It's yeah. very Yeah. It's really
1: hard. But, it's the incomplete emotions, you know? I mean, yeah. you're facing into so much emotions with yeah. the house, with the things, with all the stories behind it. Yeah, I had I
0: had to uh stay in Arkansas for that because I had been in Arkansas to visit my my mother and then she died unexpectedly and you know, I stayed then to uh clear the house, but I'll tell you, it was, um, this was five and a half years ago, and it was, whew. But on the same token, just to show you how sweet my brothers are, they, um, we put the stuff into three piles, um, and I brought most of the furniture because they did not want it. Uh, Although they do have some of it, now that I think about it. But I have the furniture, and they put it into pods, Uh, Two big ABF um, to go onto a truck.
1: Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm.
0: And I was not there when that happened. And when this stuff arrived, I'm talking about gloriously beautiful furniture, crystal, china. Nothing was broken. Nothing was marred. Nothing was scratched. It was lovingly put in. So, anyway.
1: Yeah. I mean, truly, the love it, has a lot. The love has a lot. To it do with. has everything to do with it. It really does. And the love isn't just for the individual. It's the love of what that object brought to people. It's the love of all the emotions, all the feelings, the way the object may have called to the person. It's far deeper about objects than we realized. And as you can connect with the um, beauty and the uh, design of what it is that calls to you, like I said, I mean, this is a deep conversation, but it is so beautiful how you're sharing that about the intimacy and the, the rawness that it is of what you went through, you know, to have to, to have the love of your brothers supporting you and you being able to be there in concert exactly yeah. and support the whole thing so it was magnificent respect to your mother wasn't it oh yeah cuz i could have i could have been an absolute
0: bear about the whole thing because again it's, mm-hmm. it's the opposite of my way of doing things but i knew that um it was worth more to me not to fight about it and not to have right. that, that dissension among the three of us at that time in our lives, you know, having lost our mother. Right. We going to be, uh, you know, we both had to, we, all three of us had to say, oh, okay. I know that at the end of it, um, when we, <laughs> we had just a little bit more to put in the dumpster and we filled it to the top. And I know that my brothers were, were waiting for me to go through one more box. And I think they went... To another room, and I think they had a conversation like, "If she doesn't go through this box faster, we're going to kill her."
1: <laughs> uh-huh, but, uh-huh.
0: but but that was it. I mean, there was never a crossword. There was never a crossword. Uh, there was never any hysteria. There was nothing. It was such a blessing, and I will never forget it as long as I live.
1: Ever. Isn't that beautiful? And the yeah. um and the thing that is so vital it's it's a it's a respect, respectful space connected to the individual that's passed on, yes. which touches everybody. It does. There's one more piece, because I'm looking at our time. We've got 10 minutes left. Is um, Oftentimes when you're dealing with one individual who ends up having to manage over it for the other people to even have um, a selection from it, It's to truly learn to acknowledge that individual because so oftentimes an individual is taking for granted everything that they're doing to make it easy for everyone else to be able to do the selection and to really honor them, give them something special, recognize them, because that is an immense, immense responsibility. There is so much emotion connected into it. You're dealing with death. You're dealing with having to go through all those pieces, uh, keeping, you know, trying to be as happy as you can, but you're at the same time dealing with death. You're dealing with the emotions of whether the person, uh, you know, how the person felt about the object and knowing that, you know, this is something that really would mean a lot to people, but keeping your head about yourself, too, because you can get attached to the emotion rather than the object. It could be easy that you'd hang on to a wallet, you know, that was completely ripped apart, that really had no use. But because mm-hmm. of the story attached to the wallet, you hang on to the wallet. Um, the uh, the thing is, as you can begin to uh, subtract the items, that like when you began subtracting your four uh can openers, okay? I tell a story about this. You have the can opener that you have, then you have the someday can, can opener you might use, then you have the can opener that you keep in case the other two break, <laughs> and then you have the can opener that's there in case something got lost, okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and But when you can begin to face the gift that the can opener is of telling the truth of four can openers, um, it can begin to allow you to see what else that you do the same thing with. And um, and that's no, the gift no, we don't, of the we, physical.
0: Donna, we don't even want to go down that road right now. Exactly. <laughs> we don't have enough time. <laughs> we don't have enough time. <laughs> I, am, I am a hopeless hopeless case no i'm just kidding no no i know you're not because
1: you got me as a partner on the radio show (laughs) i know every time uh, i every (laughs) i want everybody to know every time we get up, she tells me before the next couple of weeks she tells me what she went in and took apart and let go and she let go of five five bags of something and it's just we could not be better partnered (laughs) great Right. It's wonderful, and it's wonderful because, you know, she, it, Deborah is so great and so um, so exact, so ordered, so desiring to be able to serve people in the highest degree that she possibly can. And for that I am so grateful. And, and that's where I'm at also, is being able to serve people to the highest degree so that you can have space in your life and that less is more and that you can be surrounded by the most beautiful experience of things that uplift you and touch you and teach you things about yourself that you've never known. And so I just uh, hope that this topic can be helpful whether you are dealing with the family members yet or not. It can also forward you to help them to let go before you get to that situation or get them into my webinars before you get to those situations because when a person, they and there's something that Deborah talked about, I think when we've got the last few minutes, is that women in America are really known for apologizing all the time. And not really even meaning it; it's a habit, right, Deborah? Yes, absolutely, yes. And the thing is, when an individual hangs on to all this stuff, towards the end, they really, you're going to realize, if you can help them before, it's really great, because they feel ashamed at the end. They feel, um, you know, apologizing that somebody else has to, uh, organize and put that stuff in order and and it would be so wonderful if you if you are able to be able to work with them in such a sensitive way that supports them to go through the individual to go through what this depression era mentality is that's been affecting the whole family, and you'll learn no matter what what these systems are. As you go through it and you watch how people respond, you watch how the person may hang on to certain things, you watch how you show up as you begin to subtract the things that truly don't belong. Remember that your physical space reveals to you what is meant to be there or what is not meant to be there. Exactly.
0: Absolutely. Uh it's just it's the best feeling to know that subtracting is not necessarily a bad thing. Does that make sense? Yes. Um less is more. Yeah, and and I I don't think I really thought that much about that. Subtracting Subtracting is not a bad thing. It's not bad math, <laughs> but um, yeah, less is less is more. And I like the idea too of um, uh, paying attention to our environment so that someone else doesn't have to, so to speak. Because, mm-hmm. um, for example, all the papers that I have that are the next thing on my list to go through and, and get—I've already gotten rid of uh, two dumpsters full. Not the big long dumpster, but the small dumpsters full. Congratulations. Of, thank you. Bunches of paper that I had just been keeping, keeping, keeping um, for, for decades, and um, yeah, I belonged to a service organization for 20 years, and every piece of paper that, you know, the, the minutes of meetings and all the, everything that they, ever, that they ever gave us, all the stuff that I ever got at conventions and conferences, I have all of it. And I realized I, re- I
1: really don't need it anymore. Um, but
0: That is so good thing.
1: because it takes up the room yeah, of the exactly. world that you're meant to receive now that has nothing to do with any of those previous designs that you thought were going to happen.
0: That too. But what I was going to say, based, based on what we were just talking about a second ago, which is equally important, and I just had not thought that much about it yet, is that if something happens to me before I get a chance to get rid of those, I really don't want somebody else to have to throw that stuff mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. So there's, that's, a very good, um, that's a very good place for us to, to kind of sign off and say, you know, go into your own cupboards and closets and um, subtracting is a good thing and um, you won't have to apologize for anything. You yeah, know, we really don't have to apologize for anything. We just have to own our space in a good way make it beautiful enjoy the
1: beauty that's given to us that's all we have to do it's true it's very true so I thank you for uh, us being able to do this show today Deborah. I know we had um, three weeks of not being able to be on so it's a privilege to be back
0: It's a privilege to be with you. And everyone, please remember, Radiant Design Living will be on in a couple of weeks. And go to gloryofhome.com and make yourselves known. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye now.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.